0: Hey folks, this is episode 100. Uh, It's kind of hard to believe that, uh, you know, many, many years ago when I started this journey that we would just keep trucking along in this way. Uh, I want to thank everybody so much for listening, for supporting, for sharing, for reviewing on iTunes and all that good stuff that helps make these things happen. I'm excited to keep this train rolling and keep it moving forward. And also in great news, uh, as this moves towards being ready, uh, details are almost finalized for reopening the retail section of the store. Uh, It should be late July that that happens. I'm back in business at my studio space for uh, doing spirit work and readings for people, and classes will follow in the fall. And uh, looking at relaunching the online side of the store probably in October, once everything else is uh, solid and set up. So thank you for your support on all the levels, everybody. It really means the world to me. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 100 of the Hermit Land podcast. I uh, decided to get the band together for this episode, so I am here with Stacking Skulls, being Fabeku and Aiden and myself, and we have corralled Jen Zart to come in and, you know, add to the mix today. So, hey, everybody. it's hey.
1: Been... Howdy. Hi.
0: Three months since we recorded, four months since we recorded. What's going on in your worlds? How are things? What's up?
2: I've been good. I'm just enjoying the spring. mm mm-hmm. uh, Weather has been lovely. We got new kittens, and uh, yeah, everything is good. I, I since the last time we, we we crested the one year on six ways, so that's kind of wild to realize that that's been out and perking for more than a year. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, just keeping on. That's great. How about you, Fabian? Yeah. Uh good. It's been.
3: Uh, yeah, probably the best thing for me. I've been doing tons of art, just cranking out tons and tons of art on an almost daily basis, which is, uh, good and fun and exciting. And, uh, then writing like crazy, uh, usually in the middle of the night, which kind of sucks, but you know, at least it's getting done. Um, yeah. Digging the, the spring summerish weather that's finally happening. And, uh, yeah, it's good. Mostly things are good. So nice. Tea, donuts, cats—you know, usual shit. So
0: usual stuff, yeah. For sure. curtains being destroyed.
3: Yes, every day, <laughs> every day.
0: <laughs> How about you, Jen? You you uh you went on a bit of an adventure.
1: Yeah, I I realized I'm on day 87 of my trip, and <laughs> it's been um three continents. And also, you know, I thought to myself, like, when I go home, I'm not really going home to anywhere specific, and that it's been almost just over 400 days since my apartment flooded last year. So I really haven't been home for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's it's a wild ride.
0: How do you find that sense of um, I don't know continuously shifting, right? Because since the flood, you've been sort of on the move in one sense or another that whole time right
1: yeah pretty much um i always have traveled to england for work so when i come here i feel that's where i am right now i'm in bristol united kingdom right now um so i'm staying with somebody who i've stayed with for longer than i ever lived in the apartment that i had so it feels more like home than my home did but it doesn't have any of my stuff in it um so that's a continuity and yeah it really makes you think about continuity and change um i really enjoyed the cross country trip that I took last year and I went to Mongolia last year as well. So these things were sort of moments of excitement. Um, and I was staying in a temporary place in Seattle, but yeah, so it's just kind of, it's been kind of having to roll with it. And ironically, it's been amazing creatively because I've had all of this energy unlocked to just do my stuff, you know, like, and try to do magic on the run. Mm So. Yeah.
0: And how, how is magic on the run?
1: Not as easy as you'd think. Uh, well, I mean, maybe you wouldn't think it's easy, but yeah, it can happen. <laughs> you can do it. It's, it's possible. You just have to get really creative and uh, not be too attached to certain things. You know, you can't reify like that object. You know, you sort of have to just launch a sigil when you need to launch a sigil and not be too concerned about being precious about the things that you're using.
0: Would you think it's changed your your the way you, you're approaching stuff going forward? Or do you think you'll sort of I don't know, revert to what you were up to before once that's more of an option?
1: I don't really know. The astrology is showing me that it's going to be quite a while until I have something that <laughs> people would consider fixed and stable. So mm-hmm. knowing that, I'm just kind of like, okay, you know what? Here we go. Just swim. You know, you can't really fight it. So mm-hmm. I'm really trying to go with it. Yeah,
2: yeah. We're trying to pretend that we're being that we're fixed and stable, but we accepted this.
1: Well, that's just it. You know, it is actually an illusion.
2: Probably a load of crap. So
1: it's an illusion, and sadly, Andrew knows all too well. You know, you have this thing where you're like, it's all good, it's going, it's going, and then suddenly, boof, it's gone. You know, and like, what are you going to do? You know, yeah. And you just have to keep going. You know.
2: Well, that was my interpretation of Andrew's stream of questioning. <laughs> He's
0: like, okay, what can I dig out of here? that
1: would be helpful. Right?
0: For sure. Now, yeah. For folks who may not know, uh, on March 20th, uh, my store had a fire and basically everything was destroyed. Um, you know, nobody was, nobody was hurt, uh, seriously. Firemen had some issues with smoke during the fire, but other than that, everybody was okay and they're okay now. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big change, right? You know, I've been mm-hmm. uh, running the shop for six, almost seven years. I've been in that space for almost, for over five, you know, and it's, yeah. What can you do, right? You're in this mm-hmm. uh, transit, transits your midheaven, and you're like, oh, I guess I'm changing a whole lot of stuff a bit where I'm going. <laughs> where I'm going unexpectedly, Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, yeah. And, you know, I mean, kind of what I hear from what you're saying, Jen, which is, what I've been really trying to do is, okay, how do you just lean into that change, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, oh my God, how do I get back to where I was? Uh, How do you, how do you kind of lean into that? How do you accept that and embody that? You know, and I, I, because, you know, after the fire, there's so many questions about whether or not like what would be the future of the space that I was in. Uh, I have Mm -hmm. the answer now. It's going to be a very long time and I'm not going back there. So mm-hmm. that's done. Um, you know, what's, what do you do next? How do you do stuff? You know, how many have been yeah. doing something for a while? It's often, if, it's often so much easier to sustain than it is to uh, step back into it as if you're starting over, you know? And mm-hmm. so, you know, for me, the the prospect of uh, retail is is a big question mark as mm-hmm. it stands because, rents in Toronto are insane and because mm-hmm. I'd been there for such a long time I had such a good deal right so yeah looking at all those possibilities but also uh endeavoring to lean deeply into that change and be like okay what what can I do what would I like to do where's my excitement about this stuff you know and so uh just last week from the recording of of this I took over a space that I'm calling the Hermit's Lab and it's a space to you know see clients and teach uh, but also to you know work magic and make products and make art and you know really kind of get into what I've been enjoying anyways which is the the process of like you know collecting plants and making things from them and you know doing stuff like that that sort of yeah more 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 active magic and craftsmanship and more stuff mm-hmm. that comes out of, um, you know, my, my sense of connection to, to the land and the plants and the things that are here, you know? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it just clears the decks in a way and you think differently because all the potential things that used to be habits are completely shifted. And you can't rely on that default mode anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, yeah it, it is
2: an interesting thing to think about because there's a way that I look at way. I know Fabiku's up to and what y'all are up to and the shifts that I did in the shop and everything kind of produced that same thing. You know, blue and I just looked at it and went, okay, if we do this, we'll be able to pay the rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so let's just do that and see where we end up and what makes sense to do in there. And we're way deep in that process. Cause it's, it is, it's like, yeah, we'd gotten into the habit we were in, even though we've moved a lot uh, and switching that up changes, changes the possibilities. Yeah, I think it,
3: it's interesting because I was thinking about I mean, for me a lot of the, the flux and shift, it hasn't been location based so much because that's not that's hasn't been much of my experience. But you know, there's just been weird health shit in the last handful of years and stuff just pops up out of the blue like every everything is totally cool. And the next thing you're in the emergency room and they're like, Oh, you could have died. And it's like, What? What the fuck has happened, right? And then on the other side of that, things are different. And you like Jen was saying, you you end up doing magic differently. Again, for me, not because I'm traveling and don't have access to my stuff, but because there's there's different physical capacity or there's different energetic capacity or there's just different bandwidth. And you know, I, I was thinking I think originally one of my main drivers in getting into magic was I wanted and this was you know, 30, whatever years ago, so it shows the sort of you know naivete of youth, but uh, it was this desire to somehow control the chaos, right? Like, if I can if I can just get a firm enough grip on it, then shit won't pop up out of the blue and shit doesn't happen. And these weird things, you know, of course, all this anxiety, fear-driven kind of stuff. And then at some point, you realize, oh, that's that's not the way life works, right? So instead, now it feels to me like magic is more about, for me, figuring out how to sort of surf that chaos, you know, how to stay on the board instead of getting taken under by the waves and drowning in the process and realizing as the wave travels, as it goes, life looks different, magic looks different, the responses to magic looks different, and just learning to be way more fluid with that than uh, than I ever really thought I would be, or could be, or even wanted to be, really, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that the the magical cultivation of resilience and capacity to go with the flow you know, it's not, it's not sexy, right? You not, know? At <laughs> not at all. Not at all.
1: I think I make it pretty sexy. I have to differ.
0: I think if one was to publish a book that says, you know, the magical guide to resilience, I'm not sure it'd be a bestseller. You know, so, so are know. you
1: challenging me? Are you yeah, challenging? Yeah. That's a yes. challenge. I'm writing Perfect. this
0: down. <laughs> it, I think we can. Have... We'll all write a chapter. It'll be lovely.
2: Yeah. Good. Um, Exactly. I'm just, Surfing, surviving the chaos. Yeah. <laughs> well, generating chaos. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, that is a lot of what's been going on. Right. And a lot of what I've been doing, you know, um, I mean, I only recently returned to divining for myself. I was just like, I don't, I, what am I going to ask? Is it going to be okay? Is it going to be okay? Is it going to be okay? It's like, well, you know, just, work at it, work at making it okay, as opposed to like, you know, uh, going into the cards all the time and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, and, and I think that a lot of the, the stuff that makes getting through this, through these challenging times possible is about just showing up where you're at and being okay. You know, this is, this is where my health capacity is. This is where my energetic capacity is. This is, you know, it's like, you just, you, you go there and then you work from that place. And then that's either the new limit for the time being or a permanent limit or whatever, but you just kind of keep trucking with that. Right. I mean, I think that's, that's the deal.
2: Absolutely. And I think it's super interesting cause it's, uh, there was a guy who was one of the co-trainers at a strength training seminar thing that I did years and years ago, um, who dropped off the map. He had kind of a, highly relevant website uh, for me for a while in the around 2010 is when I was kind of really involved in his stuff. I don't remember him from the seminar, but I know he was there assisting and he just popped back up on my radar because he had in the interim become a green beret medic and then got blown up and lost both of his legs.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And the thing that was, is the most fascinating to that about me is it's like, it really made me look at how much I kind of, cause the guy looks great. <laughs> you know, he's like, his target is like, I won't be able to ski this year, <laughs> but next year I'm skiing. <laughs> you know? uh, and he's got that kind of capability to ride that. To go Okay. I did this thing that truly mattered to me. And this is part of what came from that. And uh, so that's just what it is. And let's continue, you know? And I think, uh, it's been very helpful for me with it that he popped up when he did, because I was kind of being a whiny, whiny person about some stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, no, no, no. All of this is kind of because of how I chose to live my life and uh, all of that. And I haven't had anything severe happen. It's all good. Uh, it's all, it's all stuff I can functionally work with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, the length of my leaselessness or home freeness, I'll say, is my own fault because I could have easily flipped around and said, oh, my apartment flooded. Let me sign a lease. But my goal was actually to travel and then I just didn't stop and I haven't stopped. And now I'm actually getting to the point where I'm realizing what my limits are because I've finally met them. But I didn't (laughs) I hadn't met them until this point, you know, and so um and it's good like now i know but mm-hmm. i just kept going you know it wasn't enough i had to go to mongolia i had to spend 3 months in africa you know and now i finally get it and it's like oh i think i could probably be okay with signing a lease now you know but for 400 days it wasn't okay you know and i was choosing not to have that so i wasn't complaining about not having a home it was more like i'm i just wasn't done with my trip you know mm-hmm. um i was choosing to continue it as as much as it needed to be i guess yeah.
2: yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was—I've been thinking a lot about you, Andrew, as you roll through with the Instagram feed and stuff, and seeing your thing. And it is such an interesting—it's an interesting experience when kind of life makes the move, right? Because we like to have that impression that we make the move, and in general, we just don't, right? <laughs> uh, or we we pick the the really safe minor ones, and then something really major that is seemingly random you know from our, our our control side uh and it's 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 been interesting to see because i can kind of cycle going like okay what are all the things he's got to figure out now because mm-hmm. uh, i know you're not really there are some folks that that happens and they go okay 90 days i'm back in business as i was before bigger and better right that's mm-hmm. kind of uh, uh, we're not going to we're not necessarily going to take any information out of what occurred Um. What do you find is kind of what's the process that you have going on with you about that? Uh, what are you thinking about? What do you find is brought up
0: by this? So I think that leading up to the fire, like like always, I'm always sort of like looking at where where am I, where am I enjoying stuff, where am I not enjoying stuff, right? What are the challenges, and you know, I sort of had like an eighteen month to two year plan to shimmy stuff in different directions right and you know i had been finding myself realizing that there were things that i wanted to do that having a retail store kind of acted more like an anchor to you know going to a conference is a huge effort when you have to make sure that the store is running in your absence right taking time off is more complicated when you don't have full full-time staff and you have to kind of cover payroll and make sure everything's flowing around your work time. Um, And I'd been having this sort of impulse towards uh, making more art, making a new deck, um, you know, like a bunch of stuff like that. And, and I didn't have any time for them. And not because I'm like horrible at managing my time, but between, you know, having, having two kids half the time and, running a store, there's not a lot of spare time left over, you know? And so when when this happened, my first impulse was like, I mean, I certainly felt that like, hey, you should decide stuff now. You should get going. And my first impulse was like, I'm not doing anything for like two or three weeks. I'm just not gonna think of a decision. I'm just gonna deal with immediate stuff, insurance and what have you, right? And then and then I felt this like push, be like, you, you know, you should, you should reestablish something. You should, whatever. And I was like, like, no, you should make a list of things that you would like, you know? And it, one of the things that it started with, so in Toronto, um, I live, some people would say downtown, but kind of downtown ish. Right. And when you go North to where the shop was, there's for Toronto, not for where Aiden lives, a big Hill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it used to be that I cycled everywhere, right? Um, but I'm, I'm a person who gets kind of sweaty. And in the winter, it's dangerous because we get snow and ice, right? To go up and down that hill. And I didn't have a shower at the space or anything like that. And I was thinking about where it would be nice to be and kind of one of the, like what I would like. And I was like, you know it would be really nice? It would be really nice if I could just cycle to work again all the time. Like if I could just, not take transit very much, and just you know, just cycle, and and then as I was sort of kicking around, looking at opportunities, you know, there's I I was out strolling around with with my partner Sarah, and we saw this place in Chinatown, and I was like, how great would it be to like, um, uh, you know, be be just 15 minutes from my house as opposed to like the, you know, somewhere between 40 minutes and an hour that it takes depending on transit, you know. I was like, that'd be really nice. And and it just sort of became this like question of like what's possible and what can I make happen? And so on. Uh and then uh my other partner, Aaron, um sent me a link to this space that I ended up getting, which is literally a five minute walk from my house. And it's just kind of it's amazing, right? And so now there are these changes that happen where. Things that I wanted to do but wasn't doing because of time, um, things that I wanted to do. Like, I've been thinking about running uh, a men's circle for a couple of years now, but it doesn't make any sense if I have to commute an hour each way to get there to run it or go in that much earlier than my regular day. But now I'm like, oh, it's a five minute walk. I can just, I could do it on any day that I feel like. I should be like, oh, yeah. I'm going to walk down to the shop, you know, I'm going to be there in five minutes. I'll be there a few minutes early. We'll all hang out. We'll do a thing. We'll go home or whatever. Like it's easy. Right. And you know, the, the prospect of, um, you know, I mean having kids, it's easier now, but I live in Toronto. I don't have a huge place and having space to make art and really like make a mess and whatever, you know, it's complicated. Right. And leaving out my paints and stuff. I mean, the kids are great about it now, but it's like, there's not a lot of room. You know, the, the place where I either, you know, was thinking about setting up some space and giving up the walk-in closet in my room, which <laughs> is a glamorous space, right? Or it's the it's the kitchen table, which you can't leave it on indefinitely, right? But now I have this space where I'm just going to have a permanent work table and, and an easel and wall space for doing big stuff and, you know, these kinds of things. Because that was one of the other things I was like thinking about. Uh, people kept people have been making references between the Urisha deck I made and Basquiat's art and mm. I remember how much I loved how big a lot of his stuff was and I'm like I would love to be painting big but I just have nowhere to do that well you know I've got 25 feet of wall space here it's got nothing on it you know and it's just plywood on the floor I can do whatever I want on it you know so so it's it's this process of like um looking for where the excitement is um looking at you know i sat down one night and made uh made this this big list of okay i'm kind of panicking about what the future is how do i how do i make the kind of money i was making before which i need to support everything that i do in my life how do i get to that you know and, and my, my partner sarah and i made this list of like, okay, well, what's everything that you can or, or have or would like to do for money? You know, and just like going down the list of all these things. And, you know, one of the great realizations was I was like, okay, what do I need for these things? And the only one that requires a store was retail, right? You know, that was right. the only one on the list that actually required it. You know, and there's like, you know, a whole field notes, little pocket journal of like a list of like 25 things that I could do or have done or you know are currently doing that I can just opt into instead right and it's just so it's it's not like i've been sort of i don't know aimlessly leaning into abundance mentality and thinking that i'm going to just manifest everything without kind of thinking about it or working at it but it's a lot more like i've been uh looking at possibilities challenging assumptions um looking looking to keep an open-ended set of possibilities you know like even the place that I'm in now you know the the advertisement said that you had to be willing to sign a year lease and I when I came and I I was met the landlord and was getting shown around I was like so what what do you think about six months because this is my situation and they were like yeah that's cool we can do that you know like (laughs) it's like let's see what's Mm. possible you know and uh and I think that when that happens then you know more becomes possible and you know I've been thinking about uh stuff that I never even considered before you know um one of the projects that I'm going to start undertaking is uh I'm going to hand paint a set of majors major tarot cards and uh you know and then depending on how that feels maybe I'm going to offer to to do that for people you know and right like st- you know it's <laughs> like my friend uh Sullivan, who um, from Tarot Sheet Revival, who does the Budapest Tarot and other stuff. Hey, Sullivan, if you're listening, this is a, this is the question I'm gonna email you about soon. Um, I'm like, he, he makes cards in the traditional way, right? And he comes to Toronto sometimes, and the, you know, so he hand laminates all the layers and folds the background onto the front and does all this stuff. I'm like, how would you do a workshop on that? Because like, I want to learn. I'm sure there's lots of people want to learn, you know. And so stuff that that was never even on the table that migrates in different directions starts to feel really possible. And then also noticing the like, yeah, that's what I want to spend my time doing, you know, really, really takes it in that way, you know? So anyway, that's my, my long winded rambling answer to your question. Eden.
2: No, that's awesome. That, and it syncs up with my kind of experience. So well, and it's interesting because I'm like, <laughs> I don't have much resistance to change compared to most people. Um, <laughs> but I still do have that thing. Sure. Uh, and then you, I have all of the kind of layers of worry that come along with, if you're going to make a big change and it's going to directly impact your ability to pay the bills and, you know, feed your people and all that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, you yeah. got kittens I mean, to take care of, right?
2: I got kittens to take care of. Kittens need beef. <laughs> <laughs> beef <laughs> is the answer to all <laughs> <laughs> all kitten ills. It's true. They're like a little off and not right. And we switched them to half beef and they're giant now and totally healthy. So beef is the answer. Perfect. I think the the
3: piece of it that makes sense in my experience, what you're, what you're talking about is that, uh, that kind of figuring out where the zing is, you know, figuring out the things that are exciting, figuring out like it sort of, once the chaos happens, it creates this weird kind of break in state where rather than just continue to roll through the list of shit that you do every day and assume that that's the program and that's the thing, you have a moment where you either get to or have to look at that stuff and say, wait, is, is this really the stuff I want to do? Is this the stuff that matters? Is this the stuff I'm excited about? Is this the stuff that drives me? Is this- you know whatever it is, and and you know I mean it's certainly been you know kind of a big reassessing and reshuffling of, of some of that stuff for me, and you know kind of redistributing the weight of of attention and and you know what I'm what I'm spending my time doing, and you know I think for me that kind of syncs up to that deeper idea of of looking at that chaos and kind of relating to it as like uh, sort of building materials. You know it's like somebody takes it and throws it all up in the air, and it's like okay now that it's everywhere rather than look at that as uh, yeah, some tragedy and not that there's not tragic components to it, obviously, but you know, rather than sort of drown in that looking at, okay, now that the deck has been reshuffled, how can I, how can I reassemble this stuff? You know, what do I want to keep? What do I want to toss out. And if this is what's left, then, you know, what is, what is the new, the new octave of, of stuff look like on the other side of this, this weird chaotic event. So, yeah.
0: I mean, I, one of the things I find myself saying sometimes to people around the tower card is, you know, when when the, when the tower gets struck or whatever that disruption is, you have a choice, right? You can either be like Bugs Bunny in the cartoon sticking fingers and holes in the dam and hoping that it's not coming down. Or you can get it to sledgehammer and help. And then once it's disassembled, then you call in the architect and the engineers and, you know, work together to figure out what's happening next, right? Yeah. So. Mm hmm. So and I also think that, you know, one of the things, you know, to, to be clear, too, because I think that there's a lot of um, rah, rah, I just overcome stuff out there, right, you know, and like, this process and what I'm talking about now, you know, it's almost three months post fire, you know, and Like, it, you know, I was in shock for the first two to three weeks, like literally just still physically in shock, you know, and there were there were times, you know, like, I, I'm usually a person who has a lot of control over their mind. You know, I mean, I spent years sitting and meditating and training myself in different magical and sort of yogic driven ways. So like, for me to not be able to wrangle my mind back under to, you know, some semblance of control is, you know, it doesn't really happen much. And it totally happened after this, you know, I was out at a concert and I was, I I was just watching my friend play. And, and then this thought just came into my, my brain, which is your house is on fire. Your house is totally burning down right now. And people are trying to call you and you're in the concert and you can't hear them. And, I couldn't restrain it. I in the end I pulled my phone out and looked at it and I'm like nobody's called me. If some at that point I was like okay now nah, nobody's called me. Somebody would have called me if my place is on fire. There are lots of people who would who would get direct a hold of me. It's fine. But you know like it's it's important to really notice that stuff and and to deal yeah. with that too, right? Because even you know even as somebody who has, you know, a, a lot of experience sort of wrangling back their mind from various things there comes a point where it's just not controllable and that's fine you know it's acceptable it's real you know and to to work with that you know and like I also uh you know I have a person I do peer counseling with and other friends I get a lot of support with and you know my my friend that I do peer counseling with was just like I'm available as much as you want and I saw them like couple times a week for the first stretch just you know Mm -hmm. and just one-sided more more than an exchange because it's just like i just need the support i just got i just need to talk this through you know and so i think that leaning into the possibilities is absolutely crucial and you know dealing with the trauma of it whatever level that's at is is the other side of that equation right because without that you know i i feel like I would just carry this sense of worry about stuff going forward Mm. and it would make every exchange with things, you know, like, you know, like when my landlord voided my lease, you know, that would be a a re-triggering thing when, you know, this happens, you know, when you're sitting waiting for the insurance to tell you how much money they're going to give you, that'd be another thing. And, you know, it just keeps stirring it up and stirring it up. And instead I'm like, you know, have, have done a lot of cleaning up of it. And so, it's way, way easier now. So, yeah.
3: Well, you know, one of the things that happened for me after the, the other big health event last year, which was about, it was mid-April last year. And after that, for like six to nine months, every time I would have even a tiny sensation anywhere in my body that didn't seem completely normal, I would freak the fuck out. It was like, that's it. It's happening again. I'm about to drop dead. What's going on? And I at one point I was talking to my doctor and I said, listen this is a thing that happens. And she said, right, you get that like people get PTSD or some version of PTSD from events like that that pop up. And I was like, what? And she was like, you know, come on, like this is a thing that happens to people. And so I, and so I get that. I think that there, and I, and I appreciate that you brought that up because I, I do think that it gets a little, um, the conversations about it get a little one-sided. I mean, the possibility is great and that's useful and important and helpful. And there is this other shit that, you know, it it just kind of goes along for the ride with these, these weird kind of chaotic life events and then figuring out how to manage that and how, like you said, kind of clean it up. And, And for me, it was a process and it's still kind of a process sometimes of, you know, like how do you peel, how do you peel those layers of that charge off of that thing to where you know, when, you're, when your leg goes numb because you're sitting weird, you're all of a sudden like, I'm about to drop dead. And then you just lose your shit, you know, it's, <laughs> it's inaccurate and not helpful, you know, <laughs> but, it, I, but I think that that's it. And, you know, one of the things that, that my doctor said to me it was interesting is she said, well, you know, over time, she said, I get that you're not going to love this answer. But she said, over time, you'll get that you're actually not about to drop dead you know, because you, you, these things have come and gone and, and, you know, they pass and you're still here and it's fine. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't really love that answer too much, but, uh, but that's it. I mean, that is part of the, that sort of peeling off of the charge. And I think that's, that's a huge part of the process. It's a huge part of the process for sure.
1: Yeah. It took me a long time to feel uh, that charge dissipate when I was in downtown Seattle, it hurt. It, and that's one reason why I kept leaving was because it hurt too much to be near my old apartment. I felt like it had somehow spontaneously rejected me and said, no, you can't live in downtown Seattle anymore. And It was physically painful. Um, and it took it wasn't until I got back from Mongolia that it started to be and that was about um, four months after the event. And then it slowly started when I would leave and come back and leave and come back. Each time I came back from a long trip, it would be less painful and less painful. And now I can walk around just fine and I don't feel as much. But being there was painful. So I had to go and then return. And it was almost like I had to establish a new story of my relationship to the city because my only relationship had been with that apartment. And suddenly that was gone and it was like, now, how do I live here? I don't know how to live here. It doesn't want me, you know, it felt like it was rejecting me. So I had to reestablish that relationship by rejecting it many, many times before I could say, Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I think I can actually do this, you know?
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah. It is really interesting. I'm leaving you. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's super interesting because I do think that we, and I think that we've been overall pretty good in these conversations of kind of going back to the reality because it's, You know, it's like, (laughs) Fabiku and I have kind of, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, our timelining on a bunch of stuff has been really similar, even though what's gone on for us is very different. Um, And for a lot of that, I was a wreck, you know, it's like I was totally able to do certain pieces of what needed to be done. And then there was a bunch of shit that just kind of had to be jettisoned. Uh, and I do think that it's kind of what you're talking about, Jen, is like post injury and surgery and stuff like that. Uh, it's been really a weird feeling out process, getting comfortable moving pretty actively and doing what I do. Cause it is, it's like, so I could pick this thing up and I know that that will be good for my body overall. If I get back to working out, cause I kind of need it, but is this going to cause me to have to go back and get opened up again and fixed again. Right. And you slowly got to go, okay, we just take it easy and, and do what you can do in any moment. But I think, yeah, it's, uh, the Instagram culture is right. Nothing ever, nothing bad ever happens. If you have, if you have the ability to, to grind hard enough.
0: (laughs) Well, that's just it. Right. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, Back when I used to do martial arts, it was like, "Oh, you just sprained your ankle. Here, here's some tape. Let's go. You know, <laughs> tape it up, moving right. You know, like it. It was, it was such a bizarre, otherworldly thing, right? And so, you know, I kind of got to the place where I would get injured, and my response to it was, "Did I go into shock? Because if I didn't go into shock, I don't need to go to the hospital. I'm probably okay." which is which is really not ideal at all right and so like you know as i get you know some injuries and stuff around climbing you know and going back to climbing it's always tempting just to push and i'm still you know it, it could still be strong and weak at the same time right like with injuries you know and so i was like how do i control this how do i like derail my impulse just to like get excited. And it's not even about being macho in in that sense. It's just like, Oh my God, this is so fun. And this is so exciting. I really want to like hang off this upside down thing and try and do this move now. Right. And it's like, Oh no, that's not good. Um, and so I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is this, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm gonna climb every single climb of one level in an evening. And when I can do that, then I'll go up one notch, you know? And, you know, it's like, but it's this constant thing and, you know, it just be like seeing stuff and looking at it being like, Oh, that'd be so exciting to do that. But then it's like, well, but can my body actually in a deep way sustain that? Right. You know, right? it's uh, yeah. It requires patience and attention, you know? So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing that's, you know, interesting for me is, um, I mean, all my orishas were at my, are at my house, so they're fine. Um, but almost all of my functional magical gear and altars and statuary and, and all of those things all burned, right? They're all gone, you know? I saved um, one meteorite that I had, that I found. I'm like, if it can go through the atmosphere, it can go through this. That's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to see if I can, if I can clean and I I mean like not spiritually, but just practically clean my, um, my Moldavite pendulum. I'm not sure, you know, it was exposed to a lot of smoke stuff. Um, And, and that's it, you know, all my, all my cards are gone. You know, all the decks that I've had over the years are gone, you know? And I mean, for me, it's fine. I can replace many, if not all of them. And I don't really need a ton anyway, but, yeah, it's this question of like, okay, what do I need, you know? And I just remember there was a time in the process where it was kind of getting down to they're like, okay, so the engineers have been in, it's safe. You need to go in and decide what you're taking and then everything else will get disposed of, right? Because, you know, although a lot of people were like, oh, you can clean stuff and whatever. It's like, you know, my couch burned. So like all that styrofoam smoke, is in the space, you know, like so much toxic stuff, right? And it's like, yeah, maybe you can clean that off, but I'm not really sure. And I don't. Really <laughs> it's got toxic stuff on it, and I don't want to keep a lot of stuff, you know. And that smell is really hard to get rid of, even off of hard stuff, right? And uh, so I just kind of went in, and it went where all the all the shrine stuff was, and just brought flowers. I was like, all right, so this is a juncture, my friends. If you want to continue with me, let's continue, let's carry forward. And if if this is a time at which you want to, you know, go on to do something else, then 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 let's call it at that, you know, and just spending some time there. And, you know, it's sort of, there have been a bunch of conversations where people, you know, expressed sort of that the loss of these items was the loss of that connection to spirit. And, you know, for me, it hasn't really been, you know, and I don't think that it ever needs to be. But I think it's easy to identify in those kinds of ways, and you know, I'm like, I wonder how that is for you, Jen, too. Like, did you lose magical things that that you've had to reorganize yourself around?
1: I did not. I had a very lucky experience in that the part of my house that flooded destroyed property I was already getting rid of, mm-hmm. but that was quite valuable, and so it turned into a car. <laughs> So, my apartment left. Um, my things were fine, but and the flood happened in a part of the apartment that made it unlivable. It was the entryway, the bathroom, and the front hallway and there was nothing in the bathroom of worth and then the front hallway there were stacks and stacks of astrology books that I was going to sell, um, oh. but they were all destroyed, so i couldn 't sell them and then the insurance replacement cost was enough for a down payment on a car, so I ended up converting them that way and um yeah, anything else, it was, you know, not really things that I missed, you know, certain things had to get rid, I had to get rid of, um, because they got wet. And it just was, you know, we didn't know what was in the water, basically. Um, But overall, the most important things did get saved. And so I was lucky in that way. But I put it all in storage. So Um, I haven't really had access to it, um, up until just before this trip, but then I left for 90 days. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it still is like not in my possession, but, um, so yeah, our stories differ somewhat in that respect. Um, and I feel really lucky that I didn't lose everything in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a feeling that the protection magic that I had set up in my house was quite strong and it could have easily been that the water had gone in the other direction, which would have been catastrophic. Mm-hmm. But it didn't go that way. So mm-hmm. um and also in terms of timing, as Aiden you were speaking, that you and Fube had the lineup, um, Fube's health incident happened the exact same weekend that my flood happened. So we were commiserating about that at the same time. Right. Like, really, shit, what is going on right now? Yeah. So yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a peculiar thing. I had um this is kind of a switch of topics but one of the things that was really uh kind of fascinating this last week is I went and visited my brother um in San Francisco and uh his place is super cool and they're like they do an amazing amount of really cool uh work uh that some of that's art and a lot of it is food and fermenting and You know, they've got the the bees and all of that stuff. But one of the things that I found really interesting is that there was a big fire on their block that took out the building next to them, basically, even though it was a gas line fire in the street, just because of the way that the pipe was pierced. It like shot this jet of fire at that building and messed that up. And then to get that building put out, the fire department ended up destroying a number of apartments, basically just with water damage, you know, uh, that were attached to that. And then across the street, but moving away from their apartment, got taken out by smoke and heat because of the way that the wind was blowing, you know? So it was really, I'm sure that they had a mass way more awareness than I did, but it was very odd being in this house that was like, you know, a couple of feet away from not existing with so much stuff in it um that was that's that they've put so much work into. Um and it's yeah, it's pretty interesting because we've moved so much and we've become kind of so minimalist in some ways, though not in the way that usually gets used, that there's not much here if that happened. Uh and that's where I kind of went. Like I don't have much left, you know, um it would be easier if I could grab my computer. Uh, And I would be happier if I could also grab a couple of guitars. But other than that, other than that, it's just the animals. But there's really not, there's not much left in here that I'm attached to. And so that's an odd, it was just kind of an odd thing. Like, yeah, if this place burned down, I could walk away. I could just walk away and it would be no, it wouldn't be fun. Uh, And there would be shit after the fact, I'm sure. But in general, I don't have enough for it to get taken
1: out. that's a weird thing, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it all goes down to also like an illusion of stability. You know, we can set up shop somewhere and unpack and feel the continuity of a certain period of time. And then if it gets cut short out of our control and it's not our choice to move or our choice to end the lease, it feels totally destabilizing. And yet we were actually unstable the whole time, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it was sort of a... I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot. Like what is continuity? What is rupture? You know, how, what is security even? And, you know, through these types of challenges, can we still feel a type of security even though we know at any moment it could change, you know? Mm.
3: Well, you know, for me, what's been interesting with that kind of going back to that kind of post event sort of panic trauma stuff that would kick up. I, and I'm not pretending it's all the way resolved, but I think the way that I, finally figured out how to manage it on a day-to-day basis was uh, like I, I, I started to figure out like how do I like what do I do like how do I amp this anxiety down so it's not a constant thing and I was I was failing at that because I, I was trying to grab hold of something that would say oh you're fine it's stable nothing to worry about nothing will happen again it's it's not a big deal and that was bullshit and I know it's bullshit because you know that's Jesus you know, I'm 44 shit happens but. And so that's ultimately how I started to amp it down. It's like, well, the way you amp it down is you realize everybody dies and everybody dies at some point for some reason, however that happens, and you really have zero control over it. So this constant anxiety and this, this grasping for some kind of control mechanism that absolutely doesn't exist, it, it's a, it's an unwise investment at the end of the day. It's, it's unwise and it's ineffective. And so it really was that kind of almost cliche thing of like making as much peace as you can with your death, right? It happens, people die. And the only thing that that I can reliably trust is that I'm in the current. I have no idea what the current's gonna do. I don't know where it's gonna go, but I'm in the current and that's all I know and that's it. And again, I don't love that. You know, I mean, if somebody gave me the option of, you know, here's the, here's the foolproof control mechanism, I would probably take hold of it and say, give me door number one but that's not a thing. It's not a thing. And the interesting thing, and I, I fought that as a resolution because I, I, there was, there was a part of me that that kind of increased the panic for a minute. Like, well, that's a shitty answer to the question. But then when I realized that's literally the only answer to the question, that is it, there is, it might be shitty, but there is no other answer. Mm -hmm. Then, then there was a whole lot of levels that started to settle in. And and it's just, just stay in the current. That's it. And then that also then circles back to what we were saying about, you know, figuring out what you're actually excited about and prioritizing the shit you spend time on and the people you spend time with and, you know, all of it. It's so that's, that for me is, is the thing. And I don't, and and I want to be clear, like, I'm not, I'm not coming at that from some enlightened state. Like, it's not like, Oh, I realized my own mortality and I'm, at I'm not at peace with any of it, but it is what it is. And so that the constant, Trauma response has amped down considerably once I realized that just stay in the fucking current. That's it. That's the only option you have, really. So,
0: well, I think that, you know, too, like, you know, we all do some form of looking towards the future in divination, astrology, and whatever, right? And, you know, people ask me, like, oh, is that, you know, did you see it coming? Did you whatever? And I was like, no, no. I mean, I didn't see it coming, right? And, you know, there's there's um in the the kumi divination that I do, there's um when 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 you're in a sign of of loss, say or like you know whatever, right? And I was in in a sign in a a negative sign when the fire happened, unsurprisingly. Um, but there's a modifier that goes with it, which is uh, otanowa, right? And it means um kind of loosely translated as that which you brought with you from heaven, right? And it 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 tells you that it's it was immutable right that whatever whatever this is going on the actual core of it you can't change maybe you can mitigate it maybe you can bob and weave with it possibly hopefully you can accelerate your you know ramping up back out of it but it means it's coming right and you're not going to be able to to change that and make that happen and make that not happen and you know understanding and thinking about life in those ways where it's like I'm literally in a time where where this is this what so many things are beyond my control and that that energy continued for a good stretch right because you know the insurance company is going to do what the insurance company is going to do I have some say in that but not a lot you know the landlord's going to do what they're going to do the the other people are going to do what they're going to do and you know you have to you know have to make some kind of peace with the fact that all you can do is are those things that are in your control and keeps as you say, staying in that flow and moving forward, you know so
3: well, one of the I... things for me was i I did a consult with Jen last year mm-hmm. and we're kind of looking ahead at the year and she said, well, You know, like, I kind of hate to tell you, but like in October, there's a thing that looks a whole lot like the thing, the past April where the big health. And I was like, fuck me. Are you serious? Like, what the fuck? And, and then it was this whole conversation around, okay, so what can we do about it? Right? So like you're saying, there's fundamentally the energy is there. That's the frequency. And then I think as magicians, the question becomes, how do I, how do I handle that frequency? It's not like I can just hit the delete button and it's gone. So instead, you know, for me, it was this whole Saturn thing that was happening. So I did this nine week long thing with Saturn and and all kinds of shit. And so something that could have been a life threatening thing, I still got sick, weird shit still happened. And I saw the potential in it for things to get super serious, but it didn't, it wasn't serious. And it, I moved on the other side of it because I think, again, there was this looking to the future and okay, how do we... And listen, I wanted to completely eliminate the energy, but I got, that's not how it's going to work. So instead, how do I shape this shit so that it's as, as least problematic as possible? You know, and again, I didn't love any of that, but, but for me, that was, that was, uh, that was the way to stay in the current at the time and continue to maintain a relationship to the current as a magician when it would have been super easy for me to just lose my fucking mind about the fact that oh, this period of time looks a whole lot like that period of time that was super horrible.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did you, Andrew, do the Lukumi reading right after the fire to get that? Message? I was already.
0: I was already in a reading. They governed, oh, okay. Okay. They govern at least twenty-eight days. So, yeah, I was already already within that structure. So, yeah.
1: So, when my flood happened, um, the city condemned the apartment as unlivable, and I had five days to move, and they would help fund relocating. um, So, basically, just pay you a bunch of money to leave. But you have to leave within that period of time. And I called my neighbor and I said, I have to go because there's a lot of money on the line and I'm, I'm ready and willing. I mean, you guys know me. If you say jump, I'm just gone, you know. Um, so I was already packing and everything. And I said, I just need a mover. Tell me who I should get. She goes, call TGA Movers. So I called his number and this guy named Harvey comes on and he comes by on Saturday. And I have to leave by that Tuesday. He appraises everything and says, I'll come by tomorrow with my truck and a guy named Eddie. I was like, okay, cool. So on Sunday, he rocks up in this truck. It's this white van. And on the outside of the van, there's this massive black elephant. And on it, it says, the great ancestors moving in maintenance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like... (laughs) You mean the great ancestors are moving me out of this <laughs> flooded apartment like so it suddenly went from being this like very traumatic like holy crap my life has just completely changed in one weekend and I had to come back from you know speaking in a planetarium about astrology early from I was in Alaska when the flood happened so I had to fly home early and this was like chaotic and everything and then suddenly like within that week the ancestors are moving me and I was just like how can this be a bad thing you know and it suddenly from that point on, was like, oh, okay, like this is actually something good, you know. And it feels bad now, and it's definitely traumatic. But you just can't ignore a sign like that. I mean, what are the? Ch- I didn't even look what TGA stood for, you know. And then there it was, like the Great Ancestors, you know. know. So it's amazing.
3: Yeah, I think that kind of going back to that that thing I said earlier about originally wanting to kind of control or eliminate the chaos. Now, a lot of my magic is focused on sort of asking that the chaos works out in my favor, you know, that it, and again, not in some weird Pollyanna, like, Oh, everything works out the way it should. Cause I think that's a, a fucked up idea, but it, 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 to me, that's the way I shifted. Like as much as I would love to eliminate that kind of chaos altogether, realizing that's not going to happen. So instead, if we can kind of slant it, so ultimately as shitty as it might be, as uncomfortable as it might be, as horrifying as it might be, somehow it sort of shakes out in my favor at the end as opposed to, so again, to me, that's the sort of asking the current to carry me forward versus, you know, kind of pulling you under in the undertow at some point. So,
0: yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I did a lot of uh, praying to have the intelligence and and awareness to benefit from situations and to find my way mm-hmm. through them, right? You know and then like I like I'm like there's there's definitely some like hey everybody grease the wheels for me please but then so they're like and help me see help me be aware help me like notice these things instead of just gloss over them you know so that I can actually you know benefit from those opportunities and so on so yeah for sure
2: I think that's a really that's a br- really brilliant thing and it's something that is actually kind of came up in a way this morning in the six ways group um is there's this to me now there's this difference of how i work like there's there's the stuff like the sigils on the wall are saying i want this like this right <laughs> but the vast majority of the work is more in line with what you were just describing it's like there's all this stuff that is always going on and always changing and this is the general direction i'm trying to go and what's really important is that i keep going into something that is is pretty similar to that uh but i don't care in truth most of the sigils are the best idea i have of what would get me there right uh but uh kind of the offering side or the prayer side if that was how i thought of that is way more geared towards uh yeah uh let's let, let's let this let's let all these crazy things that occur occur in a way that i can use uh more so than not and uh yeah, let me have the brains to not fight it uh mm-hmm. and be able to get on that right track or get into that right current. Uh let me know when I actually need the the paddle board rather than the straight up surfboard, because otherwise it could be a very slow ride, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it kinda kinda segues into uh one of the questions that we got on Facebook. Um I think it was Dre was asking, um what skills, what skills do you not have, you know, that you would like to have? And, like, and how might that relate to your magic as well? Like not necessarily just magical skills, but kind of skills in general, you know? Is, is there stuff you're thinking about learning, building up, adding to your, to your vocabulary or the things that, you, that anybody needs to kind of or, or sees it as a benefit for moving forward? Man,
2: that's such an interesting one because I'm always working that stuff. Um,
0: It's clean and press, isn't it? More clean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Totally. Uh, Yeah. For me, it's it's like I'm trying to not live so entirely in my own head. Uh, Like I'm aware of it, but I still get trapped by it. Uh, And how that usually happens is that someone else will say something. Uh, that seems crystal clear, but that I have actually totally misread. (laughs) And that's my biggest thing. Uh, And that's really interpersonal more than specifically magical. But that's, I would say, my biggest kind of, that's the biggest hole that I'm aware of that I'm really working on is, especially if I think it's totally crystal clear, asking for, to verify you know, because I find that I'm usually wrong. Hmm.
3: I think for me, I was just having a conversation a couple weeks ago. My oldest friend in the world was in town and we were, we've known each other since we were three or four and, and we were talking kind of late at night. And, and I said, you know, I feel like the next level for me personally, and and probably beyond that is, uh, and one of the things you said, when we very first started, Andrew, this, this thing of, after these things happen, like you're not the same anymore. And I think that what I've realized for me is in, in response to the last handful of years and and some just events and shit that have happened, there's, uh, when I was in some, doing some trance work, one of the others spoke about it, spoke about it as like this, this, uh, accretion of grief, which I thought was kind of a fascinating language. And it made it clear for me in a way that, that, it was a little, it wasn't before. And this, the way that these, almost like the way a, a pearl forms, you know, like these layers of, of grief kind of build up and sometimes it's subtle, sometimes it's not. But then over time, all of a sudden there's this thing that just sits there and you're like, fuck, what is this thing? And then, you know, you realize what it is. And so yeah, I've been kind of looking at that in the way that that's affected me and, and you know, how to deal with that magically, how to deal with it in other ways, just how to deal with it personally and, and kind of moving through that and and, um, and again, not in the sense of being who you were before, cause I don't think that's the way things work, but, but, uh, how to peel off some of those layers that, that began for me to feel really problematic at a certain point. And, uh, I don't, I, I'm, I'm making some progress, but I, I for sure know that I don't have the, I don't have the skills yet. And I don't even necessarily have the, uh, a full sense of the right angle of approach. You know, it's more, uh, it, it feels and I've had a few of these dreams where it's like being inside of an egg and kind of pecking at the wall to figure out, okay, where's the, where's the the thinnest place to make this kind of initial puncture kind of a thing. Um, and I don't know if that makes sense as I'm saying, I don't know how lucid that sounds, but um, yeah, I think for me, that's, that's the focus. You know, how do you, how do you work through and sort of peel off some of those layers that have built up over time?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that it, fits with stuff that I I've talked about on the podcast somewhere, but I no longer remember where about my work with meteorites and my idea of sort of like Mm. leaving, leaving the the earth or leaving for a different orbit and a bigger sort of more universal picture. Right. You know, I wouldn't have sort of said originally that that was tied to grief, but it definitely was a, a tied to a process of shedding a lot of things that, yeah. you know, have their roots back in, in some of those kinds of things. And either yeah. were, you know, either became dead and, and unhelpful or were just problematic to start with, you know? So.
3: Well, and it's interesting you mentioned, because I'm sitting next to this heart shaped meteorite right, That I've been been hanging out with for, uh, weeks and weeks and weeks. And I, I get it. I get, yeah, I get what you mean on uh, a real visceral level with that.
2: Yeah. That's pretty interesting. That's, that's, as you know, Fabika, cause we've talked about it. So I'm um, that that's a lot of what I've been doing for the last mm-hmm. chunk of time, both on grief and then kind of on the PTSD from just being fucked with in various ways at different points, you know? Yeah. Um, In in running a couple of people now through the process that I was given by the Allies to see if it works for anybody else, because Mm -hmm. that's not always the case. But so far, it seems to be doing its thing. Uh, Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a very real thing. Mm
0: -hmm. How about you, Jen? Anything anything that you're working on, hoping for?
1: I don't have anything specific in mind at the moment. I think what I need to work on is not traveling <laughs> and actually understanding what it means to be in place um, and develop a kind of uh soft momentum as opposed to the fire hose that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. So if anything, it would be learning how to throttle down and understand sort of capa- not, not capacity, but like, um, amount, you know, like not turning everything all the way up to 11 all the time, but figuring out more subtle modes and also, you know, learning how to gather moss a little bit. Cause I feel like at this point I'm like a polished little bullet, you know, Mm -hmm. and that can be fun to a point, but I think that a lot of other more powerful things can happen when you slow down and learn how to sort of exist in space um, without the compulsion to not be where you are
0: yeah how do you put the suitcase in storage and take the other stuff out right
1: yeah and you know that'll be a challenge but i think that other types of um, praxis will grow from that especially working with plants you know plants don't do what i do (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) unless it's their pollen or something like that or their seeds but you know that's different you know so It's like, yeah, learning a new mode, just trying to get more grounded and learn about the element earth more and be in that space. And um, having visited much of the earth in the last year, um, it's kind of like, okay, well then pick a place to kind of be for a minute and maybe learn about what the earth is saying from that place, you know? And uh, yeah, sort of become more familiar with the bioregion and have a deeper conversation um, given that I've had lots of sort of flirtations with many different ones now um so i think that's a big challenge for me and that i'm i'm ready to do that now that i've actually i met my travel limit twice one was right after my cross-country trip in the united states last year drove six thousand six hundred miles in the span of six weeks and yeah this year like i said i'm on day 87 and i'm really ready to come home wherever that is so um yeah i'm sort of really getting the sense of what that limit is and feeling that need for more of that earth element, I would say.
0: Yeah, I did, um, uh, I have a, I have a kind of challenging Saturn in my chart. And, uh, so I was working with, um, a mantra with it, um, that I got from Kelly Surtees posts on Saturn and mantras. Um, and, know a lot of it has to do with this placement has to do with sort of social dynamics and you know and and I started um, I don't remember now exactly when like a few weeks before the fire something like that so it kind of like ran right into that time and you know I feel like the the change is really bringing about that change brought about a different awareness to the changes that came from the fire to a different kind of relationship with the amazing generosity of everybody who pitched into the GoFundMe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's nothing like the memory of like, Hey, do you remember when like a whole bunch of people just said, sure, here's $15,000 to help you get restarted. Right? Like it's amazing. It, It changes your life forever. Right. Um, And it's changed, it continues to move forward in a way that changes stuff around what I'm thinking about offering and what I'm looking for. Um, And then the skill that I'm actually planning on working on is I've been like blah -blah blahing about learning Spanish for forever, for a long time. And, you know, I make some efforts and I stop, I'm too busy and I don't get to it, you know, whatever. Um, But one of the things that uh, I want to, uh, you know, make out of this time of change for me is that I want to uh, devote more time and energy to studying and, and training in my religious practice, and you know, learning Spanish is not necessarily the only way for that to happen, but it is—it's uh, a way that that has been waiting for a while for me to get to, and I think will make a lot of things easier. So it's going mm-hmm. to be a whole new world of conversations with people for me as I. That's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. I
2: remembered the other one. I think it's. I, I, we're pre- I'm pretty sure we got to check the check the numbers. And, but I think that the tool, the tool line item in the the savings has achieved the point where I can buy engraving tools. So I think that that's probably the next thing. Hmm. Awesome! Wow, that's exciting. Hmm. We will see. Yeah, it could be, it could not be.
0: <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Can, come? Can I sell these on eBay? Can I get rid of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Actually,
2: how does the hand eye coordination work with this particular tool? Because some of them you can't tell.
1: <laughs> yeah. Andrew, what you just brought up about learning Spanish um, evokes something that just happened to me in South Africa when I was speaking with the Sangoma there. Mm -hmm. And he asked me why I got into German and a lot of the culture of South African shaman is connecting with your ancestors. And he's had a break in his line and he's now reestablishing a connection to his ancestors. And I realized that when I was 15, Actually, I was 12 when I began German. Um, I was meeting my ancestors halfway by learning their language, literally. Mm-hmm. And so when you say you're you know, going to be going into Spanish, it excites me because it's like you're reaching into meeting them halfway and getting into that tradition in a way that like, you're speaking, you're literally speaking their language. And that is such a powerful connection. So, so I'm very excited
0: for you Mm -hmm. yeah i'll have to report back in about six months you know but it's like yeah i mean because one of the things that that i keep thinking is like well right now i mean you know i obviously have a lot to do in some ways but i also have way more time than than i've had historically and i'm like how do i how do i value that right what how do i benefit deeply from that in terms of my life and also how do i endeavor to um uh, not, not return to the hustle and the grind of it all, right? You know, not that I was ever really a super grind-minded person, but, uh, you know, my, my chart's all air and fire. I'm just like, I can just keep doing stuff. I can just keep going. Let's just keep going. I got lots of energy. I don't even need coffee. Let's go. Um, it's like, no, how do, how do you like slow that tempo a little bit so that there's more space for, you know, yeah, like connecting to, connecting to place and, you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't have, I don't have the embrace the hustle gene. So Mm -hmm. I'm uh, certainly appreciating that we generated a lot more time in my world. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was I was grinding beyond the comfort zone (laughs) I was grinding like the disc brakes once they're gone (laughs) you're shoving the the superstructure into the (laughs) into the rotor it doesn't work well
0: (laughs) so maybe we've sort of hit a point where, where it's time to put this away for for this session is there anything anybody was is, is thinking about bringing up that they haven't brought up yet? Not me. No.
2: I have only one, which is that Bree Aussie, who is a friend of I think all of ours to some degree. Uh, his book is out, and it's rad, and it's called yes. Making Magic. And so this is an ad that I am throwing in here yeah, for Bree's book
0: because it's really killer. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a beautiful book. For Sure, go and check it out. Absolutely. Well, and, and the, so let's let's do the rounds of where people should come and, come and find you. If this is their first experience with stacking skulls, number one, uh, go back uh, in the show notes. We will put links to all of the accumulating previous episodes, um, as well as everybody, I think, has been on independently as well. So, um, you know, we'll link to those there. There's a lot to check out. Um, but, yeah, Fabeku, where, where are you hanging out these days?
2: Uh, Fabeku.com and Facebook. That's it. Yeah. Aiden and I'm at uh, Aidenwalker.com and I'm on Facebook uh, and Instagram and vaguely on Twitter, but not really.
1: <laughs> I'm at Jen'sArt.com or CelestialSpark.com and on Facebook and Instagram.
0: Perfect. Yeah, and I'm I'm the Hermit's Lamp pretty much everywhere, uh, and by everywhere I guess I mean Facebook, Instagram, and thehermitslamp.com. So yeah, check it out. Let us know, get in touch, tell us what you, what you think and, uh, and do us a solid share, share the podcast if you enjoy it. All right. Thanks for being on everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Hey folks. Thanks as always for listening. Uh, you know, we always appreciate some support and some sharing. If you enjoyed hanging out with the Stacking Skulls crew, you could consider going and joining the Patreon. We are uh, playing, putting out our uh, road trip mixtape uh, over there uh, for supporters only. And the Patreon has uh, some pre-recorded great stuff uh, as bonuses for people. And a lot more plans of that being developed and coming forward in the next while. All right. Thanks again. Uh, It's been a wonderful and amazing journey. I look forward to the next hundred.